So, so are you guys still there? You guys yeah. there? Okay, so say, say, just say something. Say something. 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 Yeah, that that was good. Yeah. Good afternoon and welcome to the Bonnie Lynn Podcast Show. Welcome to all. Today I have two very special guests, my friends for decades, Karen and John. So, Karen, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, oh, good. So, you and I have actually known each other for about, I want to say, 43 years now, as we're both in our late 50s. And, um, John, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Okay, well, and John is 60. Um, so... Anyway, guys, um, I wanted to talk to you about our earlier years, um, the years that you both decided to move into my mom's townhouse in West L.A., California, and um, it, it had its ups and downs. It was interesting, to say the least. Um, so, Karen, you, you moved in back in, I want to say, sometime in 1982, if yes, that's, that's correct. Okay, and can you tell me why you moved in? Uh, why you liked our townhouse better than your single-family house in Santa Monica? Because your mom had suggested I move in because we were going back and forth. And I don't think your mom would have let you move into my house. And you guys were not doing things like my mom was doing. Oh, which was? Um, doing things that weren't culture. Okay. Okay. Um, and let me let me go over to John. So, John, you moved in about a year later in 1983, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And I know one of the reasons why you did, and that was because your apartment complex was going to be torn down and made into a radio station, if, if I remember correctly. So <clears throat> I had introduced you to my mom, or, you know, earlier, probably in the year or the year prior, and um, you were very tall and very thin, so my mom actually invited you over to our house for dinner a lot until you did move in. I do remember that. Um, and... Um, I guess for reasons, uh, you know, that they tore your apartment building down, you mo you were able to move into our place. Now, I also remember that we didn't have enough space for everybody. And so, because my brother was still living at home. And, uh, right. Um, now, how did you guys sleep? Where, where were you guys sleeping in our house? I was, well, I was sleep on in the your sofa. Wait, wait, wait. One at a time. Karen? I would sleep in your room, but I would be, you kind of said not to come up until later um, in the evening, you know, because you wanted your own privacy up in the room for a little bit. Okay. So I would come up closer, like, after you watched all your shows and had most of your privacy. Okay. And I'll come up into your room and sleep on the floor. Okay. Kind of near your, um, in front of your closet. To okay. the side of your wall unit. <laughs> okay. And, John, when, when you had moved in, where you were sleeping in the living room? Yeah, on the sofa. On the sofa. Okay. And then, um, was there ever a time when you guys had to share the living room? When um we decided um when I decided I was gonna sleep downstairs by the front door. Oh, by the front door and you had yourself a little bedding like an egg crate or something? Yes. Okay. Um well that that might have been comfortable. I, I wouldn't have done it, but that sounds comfortable for you, huh? Yeah. 
It was comfortable? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, were you guys getting along when you were sleeping together in the living room? Um, At first, I think we were, but then after your brother moved out, we started not getting along. I was actually asked to move out because we used to get into fights. Okay. Um, I think right before your brother moved out. Okay. And then, John, you were probably still in the living room on the couch. And then what happened? Okay, and then what happened to you, Karen? Well, I was living with um, a family mm -hmm. that I um, took care of their child. Okay. And, and, and then I... That didn't work out. There was another family. Mm -hmm. I see the mother, and I took care of her child. And then both of the jobs, living jobs, didn't work out too well. So I ended up back in your house. And by that time, my Social Security money was coming in my own name. Started oh. paying your mom for rent. Okay. Um, but you... You uh, ended up coming back in, in 1984. Okay, in 1984, but I still did. I still want my own privacy, and yeah, um, I was sleeping by the front door. And John, did you get the den by that time? Were you was were you renting the den? Yeah, the... Close to that time when I moved into the den. Okay, so Karen, when you moved back in in 1984, were you and John getting along? Okay. There were some instances where we weren't, but, you know, what could your mom do? I mean, we didn't fight. I mean, sometimes we would fight around your mother, but usually we would fight when your mom wasn't around. Okay. Okay. And um, did you slam doors or throw things on the ground or throw tantrums or what, what were your yes, fights? I did. <clears throat> I'm sorry? Yes, I did. I would throw, I would um slam doors. And that was the, the door um, adjoining the living room and the stairs where the little powder, ba powder room bathroom was and going down towards John's room. Toward, down yeah. the bottom floor, and there was yeah. an adjoining wall to our neighbor. Um, I'll just say his name was Hal, and because uh, I know from over the years, even to this day, um, he meets up with me on the street somewhere. He'll tell me that he remembers all the fighting in the the house and how he lost valuable paintings and pictures that were hung. <laughs> Right next to that that door, that wall, that adjoining wall. Do you do you remember him saying that, Karen? Yes. Yeah, boy, I tell you that must have been something. But um, regardless, um, so yeah, it's so bad that we I would do that. I'm oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But before we go any further um, on this. Um, I um, wanted to find out how we all met each other and how this, how we all came to be as like a family. So Karen, you and I actually met uh, much earlier. We met in, I want to say in August of 1976. That's correct. At uh, Camp Cottontail uh, Ranch uh, overnight camp. And uh, what was the first thing? that you asked me. What question, do you remember what that was? When is your birthday? Right, and that's a very unusual characteristic for a person because you know you would say, what's your name first, most likely in most cases, but you asked me when my birthday was. So I told you when it was, and, um, and, then, and then you asked me what my name was. And, um, That'd be correct. And why why did you ask me when my birthday was first? 
because I can remember you and remember your birthday in case I wanted to get you a card. Well, well, that's and nice. I use that for people that I usually um, become friends with and I usually care about them. Hopefully I'll be friends with them for a long time. And one thing that we forgot to do while we were at camp was we forgot to exchange phone numbers. And um, I remember on the day that camp was over and we were all leaving to go home, uh, I got into my mom's car and I was looking back out from the back seat and uh, I was waving goodbye and you were running after our car. And um, I kind of figured that it was because we forgot to exchange phone numbers. And uh, I know for me, for the next four or five years, um, it wasn't until I think 1981 that we met up again. But I, uh, I recall you running behind the car and my mom wouldn't stop because she had company at our house. So she couldn't. So I do. I'm sorry about that, Karen. But um, <laughs> but it, it took another event. Um, years later. I got a job at a movie theater in Westwood, and um, it was the biggest theater in Westwood, and you guys came in, your two brothers, you and your stepdad, and I was actually tearing the tickets at the door, and I looked at you, and you looked at me, and we kind of realized, I think, that we finally found each other again, and um, ironically... My friend John here was working at the same theater as I was at the time. And I don't know if he was on that day, but um, he was also employed by the same uh, movie theater, which was very interesting. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, so I wonder why you and I did not exchange phone numbers back then. I don't remember. We should have. Yes, we should have. But anyway, that was strike two for us. Anyhow, um, let me go over to John. I remember you, John, and another um, male employee followed me up to the balcony of this movie theater. And I sat mm -hmm. down with a little soda and a box full of popcorn and a hot dog. And I went to put my hand in to grab some um, popcorn, but I thought there were mice in my box. And I turned around and it was you and Jason. So Jason and I kind of dated a, a little bit, but it did, that one didn't last too long. And then there was you and me. And then ultimately <clears throat> you were uh, a CBer, and I guess you had a friend named Ivan. And, um, uh, I guess it was uh, that uh, we all got together, and Karen was part of that group. So Karen and I met up again for the third time in many, in several years, which was kind of nice. It was wonderful, right, Karen? Mm -hmm. It was nice that we all met up again. Yes. And that time, the third time is a charm. We we exchanged phone numbers. Um. I wanted to add something in here, too, because sure. sure, we can go back to that now. Uh, <laughs> Karen and I had our differences, it's true. Uh-huh. We also went out to eat quite a bit. We also made up a lot of times, too. So. I know, and that, that was kind of cute. But I do want to tell you, there have been some really nasty arguments because... Sometimes I would come home and Kara would be in tears. And then later on that night, after I tried, you know, uh, quelling the situation between the two of you, it got to the point where Karen was able to calm down. You were in your room doing your thing. And um, Karen would invite you to walk up with her or you would drive her to the corner and she would buy you slices of pizza at the corner pizza place in the strip mall up there. Um, but unfortunately, 
Um, some people in the household, um, understanding of that would be that it was a kind of, um, I don't know, it was just kind of interesting and a, and a form of abuse. I'm just saying it was a form of abuse, John. I'm not saying that it was abuse. I'm just saying it was a form of abuse. You know, it was just because of the way... I just wish that the house was a little bit more peaceful. You know, you have to remember, I was out working a lot or I was at school. So I wasn't home to, like, mediate these fights. My mom was, but I know she was a businesswoman and she was out a lot. So, oh, yeah. so I think that was probably the opportune time for you guys to carry on your arguments. And maybe, maybe there were uh, uh, minutes or hours in the day that you guys didn't fight. But there were fights. A lot of them. And what's what sort of um, names, Karen, were you called? Or even your, you had a friend sometimes. She would come over. Her name was Lorraine. And yeah. she was very kind of to, kept to herself. So she would kind of just stand there waiting for you to, you know, be ready to leave. And then you two would go out. But what, what were some of the names that you got called over the years? In reference to me, because I was like, yeah, you, it's okay. You can go I ahead. John would tell me that you were my queen. <laughs> <laughs> the queen. I was that I was that I was your queen of Sheba. <laughs> that I well, I was also the queen of Sheba. Was I not? What? The queen of Sheba. And I, that I was the owner. I was your owner, yes. And, and you were um, the car radio. <laughs> I, I was the car radio. That's a good one. I've never heard that one before. But, John, why was I called the car radio? <laughs> I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I, I, that, I'm, I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit. That one is a good one. But um, were there other names, Karen, that were were called? Um, the move quickly, old woman. Oh, move quickly, old woman. I I seem to remember one because you you would walk out at night a lot, and walk alone, yeah. and so. And he was trying to tell me butchy butch, butchy butch. Was that in reference because he thought you might get butchered as as you were walking yeah, at nighttime right. alone? Okay. Um, well, maybe he was just kind of looking out for you too, but I can understand yeah. you kind of not liking that. Cause I know that all these okay. names and whatever terms they were, they, you know, uh, they did bother you. So yeah. it kind of, okay. Maybe that was John's way of liking me. Liking, loving. Yeah. But that was just a funny way of him showing me that he really oh. liked me. Okay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, um, what, what else, uh, can I say? Um, I just know that, um, one year, I don't remember which year this was, Karen, but, it, it probably was around the time my mom died back in 1996. I was out um, doing business as usual. Um, and I came home and there were five police cars parked around our driveway. I couldn't get into the uh, subterranean garage. And I so I parked on the next street over. And um, I walked over and the police were in our house. And I remember you were sitting in one of the dining room chairs, crying. Yeah. You were so beside yourself. Yeah. Um, I I don't I I couldn't understand what happened, but you were so distraught. I do re recall. I guess you used John's phone to call the suicide prevention hotline, if I'm not mistaken. 
and um, so they ended up calling this is my recollection Karen and I know I know you don't remember it but I do and they they came mm -hmm. in they came in they couldn't make you calm so they had to restrain you and they mm -hmm. did put, they did put a straitjacket on you I remember okay. that but okay I know but I do and they wheeled okay. you out and they put you in um what was the place called again um well, it was the first a, time I I called the I was in there twice and it was called Edmont and the first time it was in July of 1996 okay. when I called the suicidal hotline and a van came out and they and I was on a 72 hour hold okay back in July of 1996 but then the second time I was when I was distraught and I called the police. Oh wow! And I told them how I felt, and then <laughs> um, I think I called the suicidal hotline, and they Esbon came again, second time, and that was in October of 1996. Oh my goodness! What brought that on, Terry? You probably did. Everything that was going on between you and I. And I getting along because yeah. I wish we had got, gotten along oh yeah I, I hear that and a lot when Tom revealed himself when you knew what he was doing to me because okay. he never would let your mom know what he was doing to me mm -hmm. did, did so he, he would kind of like hide it so your mom would think that I was uh, that the she would tell me ignore him but if I would with Nora John, it would make it worse, so. I know. I think, Karen, you were trying to find some uh, even ground, you know, in the middle so that that wouldn't I happen. I did that to get the help. Uh -huh. Because there was no way I could get help unless I said I was suicidal. I didn't want to end up in that place. I really wanted to be, like, in UCLA or, or Brotman. Uh-huh. But that was the only hospital that would take me. Okay, and then how soon after that did your family move to Florida, Karen? Well, they moved to Florida in March of 95, uh -huh. and I moved to Florida in May of 95, but I didn't really like it because I was living in a city called Coral Springs, mm -hmm. and I hated it. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know Charles at the time, okay. so I wanted to come back and go back to California. And I just was really depressed because I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody. And then we decided I was going to come back and take care of your mother Right, in January of 96. Right, she was uh, pretty sick. She never came out of the hospital. Yeah, she actually... <laughs> yeah, that reminds me because... On Christmas Eve of 1995, I was uh, sitting in my room with uh, another friend, Stacy, who, um, yeah, she was really not allowed to be in my house at the time. My mom was angry at things that had happened between us. But furthermore, my mom was so sick that I heard some noises coming from there, and I had to call 911 to get her some help because... <clears throat> she uh, was not doing so well and um, she made a big mess on the bed and so I asked Stacy to help me and she did uh, she was a good friend and she helped me clean up the mess in there and then the fire department came in and they were in my house for about I'd say a good six hours and uh, wow. because th there wasn't an ambulance in the city uh, that mm. could come and pick her up and take her to the hospital. So they were actually going to uh, put her and tie her down on a papoose board and tie her up to the top of the fire truck and just take her that way. But they didn't. And about 1 a.m. on Christmas morning, uh, they were able to rush her over to the hospital. And she, between two hospitals, um, uh, you know... 
they were uh, not able to, you know, revive her. So within a five-month period and those two hospitals, um, it took a toll and then she finally passed away. In fact, I think she passed away on your mom's birthday. Yes, Karen. that would be my my mom's birthday. Karen, Karen's mother's birthday. Right, your your mom's birthday. Um, that that might have been sad, but you know it was sad anyway. But then, um, you know, I remember being in Florida at the time. Uh huh. I see. Well, you left out a whole lot of things. Oh no, I didn't. Yes, you did. Well, go ahead and start saying what it is, John. Okay, number one is all the help I gave Doris. Oh, I know, John. Well, of course, I, I, and I know, and I'll, I'll, we'll get into that uh, a little bit. What else? That was pretty much it. Oh yeah, no, John. That was. I mean, you were hilarious because there were times before my mom died when she really needed, you know, your chauffeur services, you know, because she was in dialysis a lot, and so she had that thing strapped to her like left shoulder you know where they hook her up to the machine and so you would drive her around like everywhere and you know she was nice and took you to lunch and all this good stuff and there were times like there was one time when <laughs> when you, when she took you to the post office and <laughs> this, no but this two is this is funny cars. there were two identical, two identical cars, cars. My mom had an Oldsmobile, a silver Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, parked right behind, yes, parked right behind another one in front of the post office. You went in and checked your mail, came out looking at the mail, and inadvertently get into, gets, you get into the car in front of my mom's, and there was an Asian lady, and she turned to you and said, who? What what did she say, John? She said, "Who who?" Oh, you oh, probably no. you probably startled her, and and you know I mean I I would have probably done the same thing. I probably actually would have hit you with my cane, but I, no, that's not the case. But anyway, um, my mom was laughing hysterically, and uh, I mean, John, you you you're a comedian too. I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, you, you kind of inadvertently did these sorts of things, but it was, that was funny. That was cool. That that was great, John. Um, so, yeah. no, I didn't leave that out, but, you know, but that's fine. We brought it up. And then, um, you know, and we'll bring up a lot of other things, too. We have lots to discuss. Um, I'm just trying to uh, put us back on track. But anyway, so now we all know how my mom died and when, but... Yeah, she was only uh, 60 and a half years old, but, you know, and, and my dad died when I was six um, of appendicitis, and that was over a five-month period, too, actually. He was in the hospital sort of in similar circumstances because they both had peritoneal poisoning, to, mm -hmm. you know, and... Um, so that that's kind of that, but in in the meantime, let, let's get back to um, what we were talking about. So, um, so so Karen, you were okay with um, uh, treating John to pizza and as a reward for Not having. A reward. Well, what was it then, John? She basically always driving. Okay. And. Uh... She wanted to go out to eat. Of course. And she said, let's go out and eat. Okay. Was it just for pizza, or did you guys go for, like, ice cream, or did you go to McDonald's? Or... I'm sorry? Yeah. What was it? Chinese food. Oh, and, China, and the Chinese food, yes. Yeah, that, that was a good place back then, I know. Um, mm -hmm. So, so what, what other uh, things... Uh, did you and John do? Was it just to go out and eat so that you wouldn't be walking in the, the late night hours by yourself and you'd be safe? Yes, and also to um, keep him from picking on me. I think uh, that was a way to, to um, get him from picking, picking <laughs> on me and it would 
It would stop, but then it would go back to where he would pick on me. You know, not pick on me. What's the word I'm looking for? We, You know, we did weird things back then. We were not grown adults like we are now. Well, and a lot of things have happened to us even in the last... I'm not John was in... I'm not saying John was mean to me, but I guess that was his way of maybe showing me that he liked me. Okay. And he had... But, but what about what about Lorene, John? Did you have a, a name, a particular, not a very nice name for Lorene? Karen's coat friend? Hanger? Coat, coat, <laughs> coat hanger, yes. You called her a coat hanger. Why did you call her friend a coat hanger? Because she'd stand around and do absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. And, uh, I tried to talk to her a few times and she just stood there like a stoomy. Like a stoomy? Okay. Uh, like a stone, uh, like a stone statue, you would, you would say? A statue, yeah. Well, that was just her way, John. But... Uh, but you know, you you know, unfortunately, she's no longer with us. She she passed away, from what I understand. Yeah. So. That's true. So, yeah. So, but and that was kind of sad. But luckily, we're not in this situation anymore, where we're all living with each other. But you know, there were um, these things. We didn't mean to do that. We just didn't know back then. We were all young. It's well. Kind of like Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Not really stupid, but you know, we weren't exactly old like we are now. Did did my mom actually uh, ever hear you guys fighting badly enough that she had to stop you or, you know, just like come down and... Sometimes. Not all the time. When she did, Sometimes what did she... she would say, knock it off. She would say, knock it off? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's, it's. I wish I would have been there to see that, but uh, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't believe that she would do say that. But uh, oh well. Um, well, because you know it was kind of like equal type of thing. Uh huh. Because you know I would say things, Karen would say things. Karen would go down to the laundry room. I would be upset. Because she was in there on your time, really late, or, or what was the situation? Yeah. Okay, so did you ultimately put like a time limit on that? Like, um, she could only go down between eight and ten p.m. and then she'd have to leave, or what? What were the rules, John? The rules were basically this: was that uh, hold on one second. Uh huh. Um. Uh, whenever I had guests down there. Okay. In the room, mm -hmm. she would come down and she'd do the laundry. Okay. <laughs> and come and tell her it's inappropriate to do it right now because the laundry room was right adjacent to the room itself. Yeah, it was. It was in your room. Yeah, it was yeah. attached into the room. Yeah, and I Which can. Which could have been done at another time. Sure. Um, so that got me irritated. Also, the point is that she'd go out there uh -huh. and she, she'd come in late at night. Okay. And that also drove me absolutely nuts. And, and were some of the people, John, that you associated with that were frequently coming to our house, particularly those who kind of like stayed in your room, like for uh, shelter or um, because you invited them or for, for whatever reasons, um, you had quite a few people kind of in and out living there also, not all, not every night, but a lot of the nights uh, throughout the years, um, which was very kind of you, by the way. I mean, you're a good friend for doing that, um, but it did make the house a little bit more um, crowded. And there weren't enough bathrooms for everybody, so I'm kind of wondering how everybody bathed, you know, you know, if they ate our food. I mean, what happened down there? But actually, we could we could actually bring that up in our next episode because basically we're out of time today, and um, I would like to bring that up on our next show. Uh, hopefully, I'd like uh, to too. but I want to make it clear. Go ahead. That. Uh... 
aside from Karen and I getting into arguments, we really cared about each other. Well, no, and and that's really, really sweet. I, I appreciate hearing that. So with, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and we'll close the show out today. And then um, we will... Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. You're a lovely person. Yeah. Thank well, you. and thanks, thanks to yeah. both of you, thanks to both of you for coming on today. We'll we'll bring this up on our next show. Okay, we'll have a discussion about all that as well. So, without uh, further delays, I will close the show by saying, "Be safe, be happy, be healthy, and please join us on the next episode of the Bonnie Lynn Podcast Show." Until then, um, have a good day. Good night. Bye-bye. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Bonnie Lynn Podcast Show. Today I have a guest, my friend John. He and I will be discussing mask wearing, COVID-19, and the presidential election. So how are you doing today, John? I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? I'm fine. Thank you very much. So... I don't know if you uh, go outside at all, but um, I like to go outside and uh, get some air uh, probably between the hours of 4 and 5 p.m. every day just because it's easiest and I believe that not a lot of people are walking uh, outside because it's getting dark. However, I am wrong and actually I had open heart surgery back in April to remove a coronary aneurysm from my heart and I have to get exercise in so my exercise is walking and then getting some fresh air and re and resting so the thing that I really dislike a lot about being outside is that I would say about 30% of the people that walk past me don't wear masks or they have them around their necks, but just like covering their chin and not the mouth and the nose. And that's not really protecting me when I'm sitting on the planter, you know, uh, two doors up from me. So basically, I, um, I have been kind of thinking that um, base, basically I would have to stay in my house or actually I would say this little puny apartment that I reside in 23 and a half hours a day. So that would eliminate my going out and getting, you know, air when I'm wearing my mask and protecting other people. Um, do you have any uh, takes on that, John? Yes, I do. That's what you're absolutely right. Uh, I see this every day. People just walking casually down the street, not wearing masks or anything like that, riding their bikes, nothing. They're putting themselves at risk and they're putting others at risk too at the same time. They're putting a lot of people at risk, especially those who have underlying health conditions, uh, such as the two of us. I know we, we both have uh, underlying medical conditions and... Uh, I, I know that our our current president, not the president-elect, but our current president, um, he made a statement uh, a while back saying that we shouldn't let COVID-19 run our lives. And I disagree with that statement because I want to say uh, statistically, I just saw that there's 17,500,000 cases of COVID to, I guess, varying degrees. Um, and I think there's 350,000 deaths. Now, that that is really a, an astronomical number, or numbers, I should say. And we shouldn't have 350,000 people dead from this. Um, the other thing that I, I saw um, on the news the other day that was really frightening, which is why I don't understand why people are actually flying and going to other states or visiting relatives during this peak, uh, especially here in California of corona cases, um, there was a guy 
who got on the plane in uh, Orlando, Florida, okay, and um, when you get on a plane, you have to fill out a card that states that you um, don't have COVID or symptoms of it, and then you have to give it to the, uh, the ticket agent, and uh, apparently this guy got on, and I guess he must have lied about having any symptoms, so... Um, they were probably halfway from here to L.A. because I think the plane was coming here to Los LAX, Los Angeles. And, um, <laughs> and apparently, I guess, they had to make an emergency landing in New Orleans. And um, while they were doing that, there was a, um, a nurse and a doctor on board, and they, they were trying to revive this guy because he apparently must have been, you know, dying or something. And um, so they they took him off. But while they were taking him off, other people on the plane heard you know, that he probably was, you know, COVID positive. So um, they interviewed these people on the news, our local news here. I don't know if you saw that, but it really bothered me. Well, it really bothered me to hear them say that they heard the wife of the guy say that he was suffering from symptoms. Now, that's not fair when you have a, f a plane full of people and you're flying. You know, there, there's, you know, airlines are supposed to make this safer for everybody. You know, they make it mandatory to wear a mask on the plane when you, okay, but apparently people are still pretty shaken by this guy's, um, you know, ability to get on a plane with symptoms and I don't blame them, you know, and you see, you see all the sad stories on the news about people's family members dying left and right. Um, where, where do people get, so where do people get off not wearing masks and where does the president get off by telling the public not to let COVID run their lives? I don't get that. I'd like to say this much, Bonnie. you got to consider the source. Well, that's true. Are there any other news stations that you listen to? As a matter of fact, there is. Great Britain has ordered a shutdown because of a new strain of this. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, I just heard it today. Uh, and... Uh, We'll see what happens from there. Well, yeah, the, so... The new strain So there's a new strain going around now, and it started in uh, Great Britain? That's my understanding, yes. Um, so that's very interesting because now they're giving out these vaccines to uh, help uh, vaccinate the population against this strain, and and this this round of COVID, I wonder if that new strain is going to come here, where we already have 17 million cases uh, plus, um, and do more damage. That's very interesting because this actually makes me think that I really now don't know how I'm going to go back to work, um, and. Um, you know, I, I work in an office where my job, you know, I can't do it from home. Uh, there's no work that I can do from home. If there were work, then I would be doing it and then I would continue to be safe. I haven't even gotten the vaccine yet. And uh, mm. this is really uh, frightening to me. But... Um, I uh, I definitely am glad that Biden won uh, because I think he has more of a handle on getting a fix on this COVID pandemic. What what, what are your opinions on that? Well, basically this, and like you mentioned Biden, because Biden is more intelligent, <clears throat> and Biden knows exactly which way the it's going, and uh, I feel personally that Biden is going to be able to take this by the hand and uh, walk with it. 
Uh, and I think uh, it's going to be there's a lot of neat things going on in the year. And Biden is going to uh, lead the pack. We We haven't even hit Christmas and New Year's yet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if that, if they're going to be enough gatherings to be super spreaders again, and um, it's it's going to keep businesses closed. I mean, we're already in a sh- another shutdown. Basically, we're on a lockdown here, and in, in, especially LA, I, I think California as a whole is. Um, I, I, I know people out there want to not have to wear masks and, uh, you know, be free to talk, you know, in public and when they're walking past people who are wearing masks, I, I just wish that people would be a little more considerate. It's for their safety too, you know, I, not just mine, but, uh, you know, the other thing is, is I, I hope uh president elect biden will hopefully get a more a better handle on it so we all can go back to to normal and back into our favorite restaurants and uh, stores amusement parks th- movie theaters um sure sure this is having a devastating effect on all those uh enterprises but let, let's look at it this way if they allowed everybody to go in and watch a movie or eat without wearing masks, you know, at your favorite restaurant. This is, you know, and now now there's a new strain in England. Um, You know, that's not really good. So I'm actually glad we're on lockdown. Uh, I just don't know how my job is going to end up, if I'll ever be able to go back, uh, or just as soon, because, you know... um, as you know, schools are, are closed now, too, and it's all um, distance learning now. So uh, yeah. with that said, um, I, I just think those numbers, that 17 um, and a half million, that's, a, that's, that's an astronomical number, John. That's, that is a gigantic number. Um, yeah, no. I I'm actually really stunned to 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 see that and 350,000 people have died from this. And then I see all the sad kids and the husbands and the wives who are losing family members to to this disease. It's really heartbreaking. Um they even they even had a they even had a an, an emergency room nurse who t- who took care of uh covid patients caught it and she was on um she had like a like oxygen mask and she was trying to tell people this is real this is not you know a fake disease um but uh you know i just you know i just think that you know if people want to go back to normalcy then we we can't listen to what our president is saying. Um, you know, don't let COVID run your life. Yeah, maybe we should let it run our lives because it is part of our lives now. You know, we can't even go to a ball game. I can't even go to a Lakers game. I, you know, I'd love to go to a Lakers game again, but, you know, I just have to watch it on TV. Um have you been listening to any uh, news outlets, John? Have you heard uh, anything? Yes, uh, I frequent NPR. Okay, and what do they have to say on this? Uh, they talk about a variety of issues. They talk about the uh, COVID, of course, and they mention that uh, the problems that are going on with that and unemployment, and also the stimulus checks that are supposed to come out. And a big fight on Capitol Hill. This kind of really need the money. Their I, families are uh, starving. Yes. They need that money in order to survive. But I don't think and it's just... 
Republicans are holding it up. Oh, is that true? Oh, wow. Yes, it is true. So, I think the stimulus... Nancy Pelosi is wonderful. She, she actually came up with a plan of action. I support her 100%. Okay. And uh, the Republicans are just a little headache regarding this. So until they pass this thing, I'm less and less respect for the Republican Party. Plus, I'm glad I'm a Democrat, too. So. You, you are a former Republican, though. Way, way back in the day, though. I was though. a Republican years and years and years ago. Okay. And I saw which way the axe was swinging. Okay. You had a cut of phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I switched back to Democrat. Okay. But, um, you, you, what, what made you uh, switch, John? Well, the ones I look at the Republican Party as nothing but a bunch of gouging, uh, you know, uh, eat for yourself, to hell with everyone else, and, uh, you know, give a damn about it, a big business. And who cares who suffers at the end of it? Mm-hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, things go straight to hell. Okay. How do you feel about the... How do you think the government is helping businesses get back on their feet so the economy will flourish again? I mean, are there places that you wish you could go to now that are not open for many hours or closed or you know, have more restrictions? I mean, what is your take on that, John? Well, that's a tough one. Um, okay. This is the first part of me. Is, uh, I guess I'm concerned. Run that by me one more time really quick. Okay, so with the stim- with, you were talking about the stimulus, which is a good topic. I'm right, curious. Right. I'm curious to know are you um okay so in order to get the businesses back up and running so people can have their freedoms to go back and about without masking are you hopeful that the um the stimulus will do that even though we're still kind of our numbers are spiking right now or um what what are your thoughts on getting businesses open again and you know with with us still being in this pandemic we're we're probably in the what third or fourth wave of this now so i mean it's it's good that they're they're working on getting the stimulus but you were talking about big business just before this and i just i'm curious to know if uh you are um hopeful that the stimulus will help uh, the the businesses um, because I think the stimulus is is more uh, not just for us but you know the the public but you know um, you know you know getting people back to work you know money flowing well, into businesses again uh, you know what are what are your thoughts on that? I agree with you. I think stimulus. Stimulus is supposed to help the businesses. It's supposed to help mom and kettle shops get, get together and uh, reopen, and also take care of the people that are employed for a long period of time. So I know because their families. Yeah, and also you know evictions are also starting up again. From what I heard, they they were not for a while, but I think now they are. I think here in L.A. they are. I don't know about the country, but, um, you know, ba- basically, with all these people filing unemployment, um, I just don't s- see how people are going to be able to afford anything, food on their tables, rent, clothes, you know, the ne- you know, the necessities, their bills, um, you know, uh, I, I've heard that, um, LAUSD, which is 
where I work. I work for the school district. Uh, I'm classified. I'm not a teacher. Though, from what I understand, um, each union has agreements with the district, and the teachers' union has voted to keep schools closed and not have teachers go back until June 30th um, of 2021. But that leaves the classifieds of those who do have jobs. Um, back in March, when we were told to stay home uh, till June 30th, they paid us out of an MSND fund, which I was kind of hoping they would bring back now since the cases are high and the teachers union voted to keep teachers out until June. But they see they don't do that for us. So what it sounds like to me... Um, is that our union is saying that if you work from home, you'll continue to get paid, but there's no work right now because there are no kids at school, and that's where the work gets generated. So basically, they're kind of selling us short by saying they're going to, um, you know, have us not work, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna let us have, um, you know this MSND funding that would pay us for a, a couple of months until we get over this hurdle, and you know it gets better and then people can go back to work more safely and as vaccines are being, you know, um, given, then it's safer for people to go back because they've had that they have that little extra cushion. But for someone like me, who has underlying medical conditions, I don't see how I'm going to be able to go back because the union is now saying that if in January, we go back, I believe January 11th, and um, there might not be work for a lot of people. So what they're going to do is they're going to stop paying um us they're going to stop paying the classifieds and then kind of like um they're not going to lay us off and we'll we'll lose our medical insurance if we don't have any more illness time or vacation bank time so that kind of puts you know people like me and maybe other people in the classifieds in a real bad situation Sort of like the people who are unemployed, but they're getting unemployment. And because of the way the union has handled our situation, we're not going to be getting unemployment. See? Because the district won't fire us, but they don't have work for us either. So they just don't pay us. And I don't think that's right either. So I'm, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. You know, when January comes... I hope enough people have been vaccinated so that we all can get back to work and then we don't lose our livelihoods, and that's our paychecks. Well, it's not only that, Bobby, it's other things, too. What I understand is that a lot of these kids are in failing grades. Well, you're talking about the, um, the remote learning. A lot, some parents, half of the parents probably want their kids back on campus, uh, but that's not going to happen. It's, it's too dangerous. And then, you know, a lot of these kids are just not doing well, like you said, and they're, they're, they're not getting great, you know, wonderful grades. But I do believe that the superintendent um, told teachers that they can't give D's and F's. I think it's just A's, B's, and C's right now. Um, because this is a very unusual situation. So I, I'm, ge I'm guessing, but I think I did hear him say that, uh, there were, that, he, that he doesn't want teachers to issue Fs to, children, to kids right now. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really do hope... That when Biden takes over after January 20th and after the inauguration, that they step up vaccines for everybody, not just the frontline people. 
Um, I, um, I'm very hopeful of that, but time will tell and, um, we'll see. I, I just don't think that unemployment is going to get any better right away. Cause I mean, look how many people are on it. And then you have to get the economy going in order to get those businesses open so people can take jobs. You see what I'm saying? So. Um, I don't know how that's going to happen in this pandemic. And now we have another strain of it in England. So this kind of really puts a damper on that. Well, I think the thing to do is to concentrate on those, those shots. Uh, the vaccines? Get them out there. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, not say people as fast as possible. No more of the silly gallons around whether it's the certain section or going to be a certain amount of people. No. Do you not hear anybody comes in that door? Well, I was actually kind of hoping to get it at my doctor's office, but I guess that's not going to happen uh, right away because uh, they, they have this all mapped out. Um, frontline people being, you know, people in the hospitals. Now, there's another topic, John. There's There are no beds in any of our hospitals here. All the hospitals are full. I mean, this is like a, a you know, a no vacancy sign at a hotel. This is like, you know, really disappointing, but very disheartening at the same time. Because, you know, they're telling people who, um, you know, are having heart attacks or, you know... I guess they can go there, but and then they'll have to wait in an ambulance until they have room, or they just... They, I mean, they've been putting people in beds in the ER and just leaving people there. They have no rooms, John. This is... This is... This is really... This is horrible. I know it's horrible. But I think that we do have... I mean, from what I understand is that they got millions and millions of... Uh, Bottles of the virus uh, killing agents, mm -hmm. and they should make them available as fast as they come out. I'm, I'm tired of hearing, you know, when you are dying every day. Yeah, people are dying from this thing. Thousands of people are dying. Yes, because we couldn't get vaccinated. Well, that's just plain wrong. Fast enough. I say step up the pace. John, but John, look. There's 17 million people who have it. Now, those people aren't really going to be able to get vaccinated until they get over it. I mean, this, this, I mean, trying to figure out who has it by getting tested, who doesn't have it and just getting the vaccine and then waiting for people who do have it to get vaccinated, that takes time. I mean, I'm probably going to have to retire. But luckily, I have CalPERS, and I can probably get my Social Security, so I'll, I'll be okay. But not everybody is in the same position as I am, and, and I that, that Barney. I, I understand this that. terrifies me a lot. What I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is, is that the ones that do want to be vaccinated should be allowed to get it done as fast as possible for clinics. Any other source? Are you uh, are you concerned at all about any side effects like fever, chills? You know, because I think I heard one of them um, has some side effects, maybe both, um, like headaches or, or whatever it is. Um, it, they go away in a few days. I mean that uh, that the risk probably outweighs. Um, not having the vaccine too, you know, so it's it's better right. to have it, but you have to have it in two doses. So what if what if you get the first dose and then they don't have enough of the second one on the 21st day? Because I think you have to get it on the 21st day after you get the first one. So my thing is, what if they don't have, I mean, they could just make this simple and then they don't, they don't know how this is going to work. So they don't know if it builds antibodies, if you uh, have to do it every six months, 
you know, you know, because we know that some vaccines that are out there, like uh, the flu shot, we know you have to get it done every year. But with right. this, with this COVID, we we don't know. So there's a lot of it's unknowns. Better than, it's better than nothing. Well, that's true. But I would well, also like to. Vaccine better than nothing. I know. I would. I but I would also like to see mm-hmm. more people wear masks unfortunately when they walk past me anywhere not just on my street but anywhere on the streets you know and i see it all the all too often and that that's um sure i mean uh i don't know somebody somebody i i heard said recently maybe they ought to find people and not just say they're going to do it but actually do it but then there's not enough police officers because, you know, people want to defund the police, too. That's another thing, you know, that I don't think should happen. I think police just need to be retrained on how to deal with certain situations. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyhow, um, I, I don't know. Masking, COVID-19, our president, I don't know. I'm, I'm really glad that we have a... A fresh start with a new president coming in. Um, hopefully, we'll see more and more people getting vaccinated. And uh, we'll just have to see what happens. And uh, hopefully, um, there won't uh, be any more problems after we get through all of these uh, pandemic issues. But anyway... Um, I think that's about all the time we have for in this uh, show, John. So, um, uh, I think what we'll do is we'll say goodbye to everybody and wish everybody safe and healthy and happy holidays. And if you'd like to write to us, please do so at bonmar63 at gmail.com. Until then, until the next show, be safe. Bye-bye. Thank you, John.